you know, you know, so this idea that rugged individualism built this country, you know, I, I just I just don't believe it. It was built by rugged individuals who are part of a community. It was built by a rugged community of individuals. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that attempts to break down cultural assumptions and view them from a more biblical lens. I'm Josh Phillips, joined always by Shane Skirvin. Shane, how are you doing over there, man? You're not feeling so well tonight, other than the weather a little bit? Yeah, but going strong, nevertheless. But yeah, a little under the weather. Oh, good, good, good. Glad to have you here. I'm, I'm operating a little differently here myself. My computer crashed on me last week, just right in the middle of editing last week's episode. Get a white screen. Haven't been able to pull it up since, and so I've had to do a lot of a lot of crates switching over to switch over to a laptop, trying to get everything done. So I'm a little out of sorts too, but I think we're gonna make it. I think we'll be fine. We'll be good here. Uh, as always, you can always reach us on Twitter at lenses switching. And today we we're finally starting a new episode uh, that's not within our our last series we were in. We were in our whole uh, answering the atheist series, so we've we've ended that officially last week. And now we're going on to more individual topics. No pun intended there, because our title of this one is the illusion of the individual and Shane this is a topic near and dear to your heart as I said previously on another episode and so we're going to address this idea of individualism uh, that we seem to see a lot in western culture and we want to kind of look at that we want to analyze it a little bit and see what kind of messages we're seeing in the culture about individualism um run it through this idea of community that the bible talks about we're seeing that in the culture and then let's get more into what the bible says about community and what our role is as individuals within the community. But to start off with here, Shane, some of this for someone that doesn't know what we're talking about, like what on earth are you saying? Let's kind of define these terms a little bit and let's talk about those terms, individualism and community. So if you would define both of those individually to get started, that would be great. So go ahead, Shane, take it away. Okay. Well, I'll first go to the um, the community definition, and that's a group of people defined by either geographical boundaries or a, a language or culture or characteristics that define the whole that everyone ascribes to. So that's kind of the, the given uh, dictionary definition of community. Okay, that's good. That, that works pretty well there, I think. So, so anybody that's not, maybe not familiar with those terms or doesn't use them regularly, that's kind of what we're talking about a little bit here. So um, this idea of individualism. So let's, take, let's start right there with this um, with our first little point we're going to deal with here in this and that is the, the culture that we live in today, there's there's a lot of messages out there, right? We're seeing them every day. We're seeing them online. We're seeing them in the news, wherever. And there's a lot of messages that seem to encourage individualism or maybe at the very least sort of enable this idea of individualism. So um, Shane, let's, let's, let's give some examples here. Let's, let's, let's point out some, some things that we see uh, out there in the culture that are, like I said, encouraging or enabling individualism? And are these ideas problematic in any way? Well, I, I definitely think that there is a huge marketing effort uh, driven and uh, aimed at the idea that you are an individual that needs to define yourself by your consumerism. So it's the idea that you're design- and it goes bigger than the commercial aspect but it's the idea of an individual you're defined by your desire. And yeah, I was going to say, were you, were you, were you going to make that specified just as like a as somebody who's purchasing things? But you're saying it's, it goes beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing a the sacredness of the self. We're seeing this idea that 
that you're uh, you're defined by your individual choices and desires. And you know, there's a massive marketing effort. You know, whether you look at the you know pretty cutting edge news story that the um, the tech the giant tech companies are are collecting information on you and individually marketing to you based on what you uh, click on, read about, download, oh, yeah. watch on YouTube. So it's this idea that there's this massive uh, uh, intentional investment in the idea of figuring out what people, you know, this massive meta data gathering to figure out what people are looking at, what they're, what, what, you, what are your individual choices? What, what, what media are you consuming? So then that information can be sold uh, to people that market just to what you're looking at, your media choices. And so, I'm, I, you know, it, it's this idea that it, it's, it's, it's a huge part of what our culture does. Yeah, it's so weird. I notice it's so creepy to me sometimes because it wasn't like this before. Back when the internet first started or, when I, you know, back in those AOL, <laughs> AOL browser <laughs> and, you know, when we were kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, you would, you would see ads, but they're, they, I think well, as far as I remember, they're pretty random, but now it's like, I go, I go to a page, like just today I was looking and I was looking up, uh, what was like a, a certain, I think it was a saw blade or something like that. There it was, it, it was suggested. I was like, Whoa, that's kind of spooky that on a totally different website, they're bringing up an ad for something I looked up, you know, five, six, seven hours ago. And that's pop on there. You're right. You're absolutely right. They're really, they're 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 trying to figure us out here, in some and to some degree uh, through 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 marketing, right? Well, in 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 it, it goes from that to that uh, that idea. It's it's even the political idea and cultural idea that that you're your desires and you know this deification of uh, desire and that you should be you're an autonomous person and that uh, whatever you want, whether it's you know, politically, like we're saying, whether it's culturally or whether it's uh, economically, that you're defined by your choices and you should be given full reign. Who is the person that would restrain you? Says who, right? Yeah. Who, who, who would put restraints on you? As long as you can afford it and you're not hurting someone, you can be whatever you want to be, right? There, yeah, there's definitely a pursuit that's a message out there that says, yeah, you, you can be whatever you want. Just be you. I mean, that, there's that, that phrase takes so many different forms, but we see it everywhere. We see Infiltrates it all the time. pop culture, right? Music, videos. I mean, yeah. they're constantly reinforcing that idea. Uh, even uh, kids' movies. Uh, you be you. You become who everything you're meant to be. No restraint. Who's, who, who's the person that tells you uh, who you should be, right? Yeah, just, just focus on being your best self that you can be. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's very internalized. Very internalized. Um, I know for me, uh, when, it, when the messages I kind of see sometimes as <clears throat> encouraging individualism, maybe, but it's in a different way though, is involving a lot of technology. I know being a, being a teacher and I see this all the time, uh, it's, and it's extremely concerning to me that, you know, the, among teenagers, cell phones and everything that comes with that, that's a really general way of putting it. But within that cell phone, there's music. There's videos, there's games, um, and there's even the gaming, like when they get home and stuff. But, but what I'm getting at is, you know, for, for so many teenagers, it's so easy for them to just pull away from 
everybody around them. Um, they can just slap on their headphones and now they don't have to talk to anybody. They're in their own little world, listening to whatever they're listening to. Um, they can always pull up a video when they're bored. Um, if they're in an awkward social situation, I'll, I'll never forget this. And I always, I tell the story all the time. I'm sure I've told you, but I'm not sure. I remember this one time I was walking down the hallway and I saw a student that I had before. Now I, this wasn't somebody that I knew really, really well, but, but they were one of my students. So I had some kind of relationship with them. I knew him somehow. And I saw her down the hall. And as soon as I, I saw her first and it was way down the hall. And then she, as soon as she noticed me, it was, a, it was a kind of a half look. And she immediately looked down and pulled her phone out and, and was looking at the whole time until she walked past me. I was like, I feel like she was doing this because it was an awkward social situation because she was a past student of mine. We never really, had really talked since then. And so it is, it is kind of awkward, I'll admit, you know. And I was like, I bet she was doing that to, to just to kind of avoid me. So I kind of turned around a little bit to look back. And as soon as she walked past me, she put her phone back in her pocket and kept walking. I was like, wow, like there, you just use a cell phone to avoid talking to somebody, to avoid being around someone else. And it's such a nasty tool. And this is something I see all the time. I walk, I see kids in the hallways. Just, they have oh, so many just have their headphones in so they don't have to talk to anybody. And they just can be by themselves, be themselves, and they can withdraw anytime they want to. And it's, I think it's a huge, huge problem. Just, I could go on and on, so, but we're trying to keep this podcast short. But Yeah, uh, it's a generation of me, right? Yeah, it's just, it, I think what, what bothers me is that, is it bad to listen to headphones? No. Is it bad to listen to music? No. Is it bad to play video games? No. But can we make those wrong? Yes. We can, we can take these things too far and when we take it to the point where we're withdrawing from people whenever we get into a situation socially that might be awkward or a little bit different for us and we use these as a crutch so that we don't have to deal with those types of, of awkward things or, or we're having to actually work through something. I think that's extremely problematic and I don't think that bodes well for a culture and it doesn't bode well for communication. And so I think that's a, I think that's, I think that's a big problem. Oh yeah, yeah. It's if if we don't develop an ability to, to freely communicate with other people, even when it's difficult. I mean, that's I mean, what person, what great issue, what complex social issue can ever be dealt with by ourselves? I mean, when you weaken those bonds of cooperation and uh, information sharing, that are how you deal with complex societal uh, issues. I mean. It, by definition, that's something that weakens all of us, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, let's look at this from another perspective. And let's kind of take in uh, the social networking aspect of this, uh, which kind of leads to this idea of individual expression. And I'm, I'm going to kind of borrow this a little bit from a guy who I uh, really enjoy to listen to, Mr. Cameron McAllister of RZIM. Uh, he has a podcast called Signs of Life. And he was talking about this idea about how social networking allows for people to express themselves and express their ideas and their opinions. But the problem we come across, though, is that everybody is expressing their opinions and their ideas. So it kind of creates this sort of, this you would think, it's sort of kind of a paradox that you would think that you're being heard because you're expressing them. But the problem is, so is everybody else. So when everybody's expressing their ideas, you think you're being heard, but actually nobody is being heard. And I think that could be kind of tough because it feeds into this individualistic idea. However, it doesn't deliver 
what you thought it was going to promise. Let's take this another route, though. Um, let's let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the political side of this a bit. Um, you know, there's my gosh, we hear the, the, the political messages all the time um, from the main two parties. <clears throat> and Shane, what kind of messages are being are being put out there by the parties that would relate to this idea of individualism? Are there some messages that are that are problematic on one side of the of the political line, or maybe even both? Yeah, I, I was definitely um, raised more closely, uh, was around conservative circles. And there was the idea, and I, I literally heard it said word for word, that rugged individualism is what built this country. And and really, that's what lifts people out of poverty and and, and solves problems. And, you know, it's the best approach to life. And, you know, I, I firmly believe that's a lie. You know, I, I believe that humanity at their best is a community. I mean, it was built, this country, the single greatest influence upon this country was Christianity. It was Judeo-Christian principles. And uh, within it, the two greatest commands of the Judeo, uh, of Christianity is, is the first one is love God as your, is, you know, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then the second one is the Great Commission, go into all the world. So both of those commands of Christianity, the, the bed, foundational bedrock principles of Christianity involve other people. And both of those are tied directly to the biblical uh, revelation of who God is, that he at his core is a, he is, um, a trinity, and at his core, he's love and relationship and community. And so both, um, both those commandments are tied to his actual being and person and identity. You know, you know, so this idea that that rugged individualism built this country, you know, I, I just I just don't believe it. I mean, what uh, it was built by rugged individuals who are part of a community. It was built by a rugged community of individuals. You know, it's ne it's yeah. never can be divorced with the idea of community. Now, however you want to uh, shape it. I mean, public education came first from America because Christians wanted to set aside their from their income in a village to hire a teacher to teach their kids to read and write so they could read the scriptures. That's where public education came from. And so right there, I mean, one of the one of the gifts of to the world was this idea of public education, the idea of the university. It, it's older than America, but it's a distinctive Christian identity. Um, from the distinctive Christian identity is the idea that you set these places apart for learning to bring, because we believe all, the, you know, beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. So the idea is all wisdom would, could be ultimately traced back to God. You would find a unity uh, in diversity, which is, you know, where you get the root word, the university. You right. know, so, I mean, I, these, um, I just completely refute that, uh, that idea that is found in, and I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to paint, paint with too broad of a brush, but there's aspects of the modern uh, conservative movement, whether it's libertarianism, which is wanting to maximize freedom for the individual at the expense of the community, you know, tolerating things that are bad for the community so the individual can choose to have them or not to have them. You know, um, uh, you know, Ayn Rand's um, objectivism is what she called it, that philosophy. She's a huge uh, influence in the libertarian movement. And that, and that is part of the conservative movement. So, and I'm not trying to, uh, necessarily just pull them out, but th these are aspects that are detrimental to the community. 
I mean, she's the one that said selfishness is a good uh, force for good. And so, wow. yeah, so, that, I mean, that's the idea to me as far as I think uh, is a, a part of the clay foot of conservatism if you have it without it being restrained by the Judeo-Christian principles, right? I think conservatism, right. if you divorce it from Christianity, will always, you know, I think Christianity wisely keeps it in balance, balancing between the community and the individual. And the same for, you know, uh, the liberal movement was born in the church. It was that idea that you were putting a premium on um, mercy and justice and redemption. Those are those are good traits, and they, they are traits that valued the community. But you know, I, you know, part of within Christianity, you see that uh, sometimes they're saying the individual choice. It's almost the same thing. You know, the Liberal Party and liberalism, they they talk such a premium on community. It allows people to start thinking that socialism is a viable option, which is which is really crazy. I mean, you look; it's so historically bankrupt. It's almost you almost have to be historically uh, turn a blind eye to the historical evidence to think that socialism is a viable uh, option. But these are people that have put such a premium on community that they're willing to say that the individual's effort, whether uh, should go towards the whole and be divided to the whole. Uh, you know, I, I, the famous expression of socialism is from the person who has to give it to the person who doesn't have, you know, regardless of ability, but there be equality. And so, I mean, it took a truth and then ran wild with it, bending it so far that it almost snaps, right? And so, right. you know, Christ, the Christian principles don't fit perfectly in either one of those schools of thought, which influenced the two major parties in our country. So you're saying like on one side of the political aisle, we have this idea of rugged individualism where you're saying that tends to put too much of an emphasis on the individual and really sort of ignore the idea of the community. Whereas when we jump on the other side of the political aisle, we're seeing such an emphasis on the community that we deny the individual in the process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Paradoxically. I mean, Apostle Paul said, I have freedom, but he said, I'm not going to use my freedom to hurt the community. That's literally what he said in the book of Romans. He said, I will restrain my individual choices and put the community as a whole in front, and I will limit my individual freedom based on the needs of the community. I mean, what a beautiful example to say there's absolutely, there's a freedom of the individual. There's a, an appreciation for the unique uh, values of the individual, but the individual finds his greatest fulfillment and flourishing within the community. So, I mean, it's it's a beautiful picture that Christianity has given to the world of the individual within the community, each finding their fullest expression in each other. Yes, it, it seems like with so many things we, we learn in the Bible and living as Christians and the ways of God, that there's, it's not always, it's, it's, it can have, it can be a little complex sometimes, that it's not always one one easy direction i don't know that's a really bad way of putting it but there's sort of no but but they literally like you said those two ideas actually find balance when they're tensioned against each other it's like the arch on a building the arch only stands because it's in tension with the parts so as the tensions are the the parts are in tension against each other that the whole which is the arch that it stands i know that's a crazy awkward architectural metaphor, but it's actually true. They're, the These individual parts are tensioned and balanced against each other, and then the whole structure stands upon that. I mean, that's a good example of the individual and the whole, to me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's all good stuff right there. 
Well, in the interest of being fair, uh, we were, and so that we're not just really cynical and just pointing out all the negatives in society and culture. Um, so we, we kind of tackled right there sort of the messages that we think we're seeing in the culture that tend to lean towards individualism. But let's try to give a little credit where credit is due. Are there some signs within the culture that seem to be pointing towards community a little bit? Do we see some examples of that in the community? Or, I'm sorry, in the, in the culture. So wait, so uh, you're saying what are some examples of of good community expression? Yeah, do we see again in the in the interest of being fair, do we see some things, some signs within the culture where we're seeing people gravitating towards an idea of community and and um, putting an emphasis on that? Well, I, I think that core instinct of so many young people when they suddenly turn around and see socialism as a viable expression, you know, I actually think far from being in horror of it, I think it's just misguided. I think a lot of people are saying, Hey, we find our highest expression in the community in the whole, but it's, it's a misguided because it puts too much emphasis. It's that, that idea that if, if the, uh, if the, the, the community ideal, if it's not balanced against the uh how every individual has worth and individual human rights then it becomes a tyranny then it becomes a a a grain and a doling of the world because individual expression has enriched the world i mean look at our country just to pull an example from our country our country our founding document I, i believe is the only founding document that within it gives an individual the right to the fruit of their labor of their idea so the idea of a patent is in the U.S. Constitution. That means an individual can have a idea that they can uh, get uh, have it respected and bound by law, so that they can get the enjoy the fruits of the labor of the mind, right? Yeah. And that that is actually enshrined in the Constitution. So this individual flourishing, it benefits the whole, right? Someone has an idea, and they they can bring that to everyone, and they can be enriched by that. But then it also enriches the whole, right? Yeah. I mean, we're using technology right now that an individual came up with that benefits everyone because individual rights are respected. And so it's it's actually uh, it's actually a beautiful and a complex thing. You don't have freedom of speech or freedom of movement if you don't limit other people's freedom. They say that expression is you can move your arm as free as you want, but you have to stop it at the, where my nose starts. That the freedom of your arm movement is restrained at where, where my nose is, <laughs> yeah. so I don't get punched in the face. Yeah. So it's actually when you talk about freedom, it's actually a complex system of restraints that make freedom possible. Because really, you don't have freedom if you're afraid that your neighbor is going to storm into your house and take all your goods. Yeah. So it actually you have to have law and restraint to really for freedom to have its fullest expression. Yeah, that the the idea of freedom does get a little it gets a little complex. It, a lot of people want to make it as simple as it's just complete autonomy, the, the freedom to do anything I want to. But uh, that's definitely not the case. That's that's not freedom. That's that's chaos. That's mob rule. It's anarchy. Yeah. Anarchy and mob rule. Yeah. So it, it's it's actually a beautiful concept that has actually blessed the entire world. Uh, the Judeo Christian principle of individual in the community. Yeah, I I should have looked this up before before mentioning this, but I know in the book I'm reading right now by Abdu Murray, Saving Truth, he quotes, I can't remember who he quotes, but he quotes these terms of using negative freedom and positive freedom. And 
negative freedom is, I mean, those, those, those terms sound a little loaded, but uh, again, I should have, I should have looked this up so I can, so I could uh, explain a little bit better, but he talks about the idea of negative freedom is just, that's just the typical freedom we think of the freedoms that, you know, to escape, like you said, tyranny and, and uh, being oppressed, but there's also positive freedom is the freedom to do good things, the positive to, you know, to, to make, make ways better for other people and the freedom to help others out again, going back to this idea of community. Um, but yeah, it just to kind of pull us back here a little bit. Yeah. That idea of freedom, it's, it's complex. It's not as simple as just do whatever you want well, to do. It, and even that idea that freedom of speech is limited by how it affects the community. So the old legal expression is you're free. You have freedom of speech, but you can't yell fire in a crowded theater because that affects the whole in a detrimental way. Yeah. So you are free, but you you really the uh, the rights your individual rights have to be balanced against the the rights of the community as a whole so that you both can flourish. Yeah, I think we also sometimes see um, kind of kind of tying to what you were saying. Uh, we see a lot of the social justice out there, which I think is well intentioned. I think that again, it's, it's this idea of community. They're looking out for other people, which yeah. I think, which is great, which is great, yeah. but. Um, but with a lot of these, sometimes they tend to be, um, like a little misguided and what's odd is instead of pulling us together, often they end up dividing us, um, starting a division or making the division <laughs> greater and greater. Well, be, you know, and I would say you can't pursue an uh, agenda of morality apart from forgiveness or redemption. Otherwise you become a tyrant Yeah. when you have the law without any path back after without any i mean one of the fundamental human one of the fundamental truths of humanity is that we are finite and the human condition we are fallible we make mistakes right like no one has to prove that right we we all live with that yet then we have the goal the confidence to stroll into any situation and declare perfect uh compliance to the law right like how 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 can you pursue a moral agenda even if like you said it's for a great cause Without any redemption or forgiveness, it just it turns you into a triant. It turns your law into, by definition, it becomes so hard and sharp. Rather than restrain, it becomes a swift and terribly sharp sword used to yeah. cut and tear. Yeah, it really transforms into something that I think people don't expect initially. Like like you said, yeah, it's it seems well intentioned at first, but it it it, it morphs into something pretty pretty powerful and disgusting. <laughs> pretty quickly. So well, we've laid it out there. Um, we've laid a couple ideas here. Uh, what we see in the culture, how we, how we see this, this idea of individualism um, being propagated and encouraged in a lot of places. And we, to be fair, we, we pointed out some, some ways that this idea of community is present within our culture as well. But let's, let's really get to the crux of this. Let's see, what is, let's talk Shane about what the Bible says about community and individualism. Like how, how how we should be living um, as individuals within a community. So, Shane, I don't know where you want to start us off with here. Well, you know, one thing I think is beautiful, and this is one thing I think that has always been a really cool vision, is that you you believe that you have been created as an individual. So by definition, you have things that are about you that are particular to you that we would say that there's a designer that has given you particular giftings used to be meant not 
to be used, meant to be used, not just for yourself, but for others. And I, th- I think this is an amazing picture of you having worth and being endowed with gifts by your creator, but meant not just to bless yourself, which is which is beautiful that uh, we would believe your designer has given you gifts that would help you as a gift should. But that gift is so good that it transcends your own life and your own individualness and gives you purpose and identity in a larger group to bless them with what you have been given. So this idea is that you're a member, a unique member that does unique things, but you're part of a whole. So this whole is missing something if you're gone, whether you're a finger, an eye, or uh, an eternal part. It's missing something if you're gone, but then you are missing so many things if you're gone from the body. So it's this amazing picture of you finding your fullest expression within the whole and the whole finding its fullest expect, uh, expression through the member, the individual member. And so I, I think that's a beautiful vision of, of humanity, which is tragically, I, I'm around so many people that they're trying to be the whole by themselves. And, well, and they're here. go ahead. Yeah. And, and it's tragic. <laughs> it, it's, it's absolutely tragic. Every, every one of us, is is seeking community, is seeking belonging, is seeking relationship. You're made for it, right? Yeah, yeah. You're you, you're referencing there what I think. I think you're referencing First Corinthians twelve. There, talking about the, mm-hmm. uh, us being a part of a body. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, first, um, and then how we're we're part of a whole, and we're we're a unique part of the whole, and the whole functions with all of us individual members serving a certain purpose, and. Um, Man, that that's so important. You know, uh, that, well, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I I mean, just just look at the the simple fact. If we had to make our own car, if we had to make our own laptop, if we had to cut our own hair, we would be <laughs> so greatly impoverished. Trade enriches everyone. Brings you know, you're able to specialize uh, because of trade into individual. If we're all hunters and gatherers, we would all be greatly impoverished. We would have nothing. You couldn't even have the idea of capitalism if you don't have capital to invest. Whether whether you believe capitalism are good or bad, but the idea is you would be writing those ideas on your iPhone, right? You'd be blogging about them. You'd be using these, driving on the road. And so it's almost, it's so big that you can almost miss the fact that trade and specialization have gave a flowering to the world and in a, a progression to the world that's almost staggering, right? Yeah. You know, I, I like to use the analogy of a basketball team, <clears throat> given I was a you know, big, big Dallas Mavericks fan, especially back <laughs> several years ago. And, you know, uh, I, I was, I watched it like, oh, re- religiously. I hate to use that word, but I, I did watch it so much and I was so invested in it. And it was really interesting, you know, on a basketball team, you know, you got five players out there you can't have five people all trying to score. Like you just, it doesn't work. There's only one ball to go around. There's not five. And so, you know, watching the NBA back then, you know, you had a couple primary scorers or maybe just one primary scorer, but everybody played a role. And the teams that, that really, really, really played well. And some of these teams weren't even as talented. They didn't have as much individual talent on them but they just functioned like a well-oiled machine that everybody knew their role and the team was constructed. They were looking for certain roles within the team. So when they were, when it was off season and they're trying to acquire new players, they're like, we need a guy that can do this. We need another guy that can do this other thing. 
And so they would have a guy out there. I remember watching as a Mavericks fan, even though I absolutely hated this team, the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, I was going to mention the Spurs. Yeah. You're uh, basically describing the Spurs. I was. As much as I hated that team, uh, that I can admit that they were, they, they were really good. And they beat my Mavs quite a bit. We beat them a lot too, though. But uh, their team, the way it was, I, I still remember their team. And they, you know, they had some primary scores, but they had this guy I could not stand named Bruce Bowen. But I wish we had a Bruce Bowen on our team because he, what he would do, his whole role was to play amazing, amazing defense, uh, take, take their best, their best score. And then on offense, go sit in the corner or go sit on the three point line. You're not, you are not to get the ball and try to create offense with it. You are to pass it. You're trying to get, move the ball around. If you're open, shoot it. But if not, get it to someone else. Like that was his role. Now, Bruce could have been upset about that and said, no, I want my 25 points a game. I'm going to shoot it when I get it. And he could have done that possibly, but that would not have served well for the team. The team would not have done well had they done that. They needed to get the ball to the other players, the, the better scorers. He played his role perfectly and it helped the team succeed. And so we get these messages all the time about, I feel like what we, we in, in the various forms that we get them that this idea that you can be whatever you want to be just focus on you you just do you and i i think i think that's extremely misguided i think everybody has like you said we all have special gifts as first corinthians says we all have special gifts and our individual gifts contribute to a whole it contributes to a community that allows the community to flourish and function at a very high level, the way we were created to be. And when we start focusing on our own individual talents and our own individual aspirations and ignore those and pull them out of the community and focus it all inward, that's not good. And the Bible points that out that that's not good. Yeah, and it weakens the whole. It, it, there's no other way to say it. It weakens the whole. If everyone is pursuing what makes them happy in their highest fulfillment all the time. It's such an unbalanced view. I mean, everyone knows that selfishness is like a cancer. I mean, yeah. that, I mean, you look at corruption, corruption's one of the, it's always one of the top problems when, when you look at UN surveys, corruption worldwide. And that is really when everyone caters to themselves. It's selfishness at, at, the, at such a high level and really it coarsens all of society. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And just real quick, just to point out a couple of their verses I found interesting that we see in the Bible. You know, Jesus says, uh, were there two or more gathered in my name? There I am. There we go. Expressing that idea of community that it could have said, <clears throat> when you're by yourself alone, there I am, which he is. But it's interesting that he, he, he brought this within the context of community. There's this, the, the famous proverb that iron sharpens iron. Like in Proverbs there, um, in James, he says, confess your sins to one another. You know, so that kind of not just confessing your sins to God, but also to your fellow man as well. Well, in... in <clears throat> go ahead, go ahead. No. I was going to say, Rodney Stark, um, one of the most well-known and respected sociologists from your, uh, from your neck of the woods, Baylor, oh, yeah. um, in Waco. Uh, he, but he taught also at Harvard. Um he was saying when you look at the, the pagan world with the Greco-Roman world, he said for the first time a movement showed up. 
that went to your house when you were sick, that made you food, that cared about you, that that put you in a group of people that put each other first. He said, this is a society where life was so cheap, where where children were, there was emphasized, emphasized when, when children, you know, when they were unwanted or uh, deformed, um, they would be, uh, or female, they would just be killed as little kids. Uh, when people, for entertainment, people f- watched people fight to the death and sometimes not even fight to the death, just die in the gladiator games. Uh, Rodney Stark says Christianity gave the Western world its soul back, right? Right. Like there was such a cheapness and coarseness to human life. People were being used by other people because the only thing that mattered was yourself and your own desires. That's where you have, uh, uh, as recorded in the scriptures, you had a prominent Roman governor say what is truth and not wait to even hear the definition because that was a man driven by desire. What is truth when it's compared to desire, right? If you're giving yourself to desire, who cares about truth? Who cares about the other? And so we have to look at the that whole idea that humans, that you owe um, other people their due, that uh, that that whole idea is based that that other person has worth. Right. Which, but but there's no human rights if you don't ground that in a transcendent moral absolute that people are made in the image of God, which is that Omega Day, the Christian idea that every individual is made in the image of God. Right. That's right, the only right. way you give the individuals due. Otherwise, you say right. You say with Mussolini, you say all for the state. And the state is all, right? Yeah. That idea, I mean, one of the root definitions of fascism. So we kind of picked on socialism a little bit with some of these aspects, but then also said something good. But to it, to its um, similar totalitarian um, ideal, which is fascism, it was that same idea that it's all about the community. The individual is nothing. And anytime you see that, you see uh, a trampling of human rights, right? Right. I so, think that, oh, go ahead. No, no, that's all I was going to say. Okay, I was going to say, uh, I think that's a good way to sum it up. I think we're, we're stressing this idea that the community is extremely important. We see this in the Bible. Um, but we also want to say, too, the individual, like you said, does have importance, does have value within, I mean, as, as, a, as an individual, but also the individual is important within the idea of the community. And when, when, when someone's killed, when someone's killed and we find the body, what do we do? Other people say this person had worth, even though they're dead. We're gonna go find out who did it, and we're gonna find out who did it. And on behalf of them, even though they're dead, we're gonna avenge them. We're gonna see justice done. That's right. That's right. Well, I'd like to. We're kind of wrap this up here a little bit. Um, we're trying not to go an hour like we did last time. We're getting close though, uh, <laughs> as we often do. Uh, I would like to leave with one thought here. Uh, something we were talking about and something I'd heard somewhere that um, this idea, when we're talking about this idea of community and how important community is, this idea of calling yourself good, how can we call ourselves good without relating that, to the, without relating good acts to other people? I mean, don't we have to have other people in order to, call ourselves good how can we how can we prove or show that we're good without relating that to other people and so kind of want to leave with that thought 
uh, as we as we close this out here. And Shane, we're trying to wrap this up. I'm trying to keep this under 40 minutes, and we're getting extremely close to this. We we just go on and on. Did, did I not say before this? This could be a short one. I think we'll be done like in 20 minutes or so, but we just keep going and going. It's a good thing. There's, there's a whole lot of things to say about the whole, I guess. There really is. There really is. <laughs> and we and we do rabbit trail a little bit at times, but uh, but that's okay. It's all it's all good. It's all good here. So, well, as always, Shane, I appreciate you joining me here. As always, so uh, thanks for sitting in here. And I, I know you love talking about this idea. So this is oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all good here. And I just want to say thanks everybody for listening. And hopefully, uh, hopefully you're enjoying this. And uh, if you ever have any comments or want to contact us for any reason you can always reach us on twitter at lenses switching we've got an email address coming soon we're on facebook right now and getting on instagram so we are getting out there we're getting out there on social media and getting the switching lenses label out there so thank you for joining us and we will see you next time Bye.